1: Of the AZ Wildcats podcast, brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. Now joined by the person number one in everybody's minds and hearts, Mr. Jason Shear. Hello, Jason. Hello, Michael. All right. So we got a lot to get to this show, but first, let's talk about Arizona fans' anxiety to be about plummeting from seventh to eighth in the national rankings this past week. Um, we talked about it. Obviously, a bad loss for the U of A, but at the same time. You're still ranked eighth. It's okay. Chill out. Everything's all right.
0: I'm so ready for March because we're at the point where, like, I'm, I'm not sugarcoating. It was a bad loss. But we're at the point where every loss is magnified in the worst loss ever. And Arizona won't win in the tournament because of it and all that. So I'm, I'm just
1: ready for that that next step. All right. Well, first, we need we we're going to recap the bad news before we get to the good news. So let's talk a little bit about ASU here. Um, this game, to me, did not come down to the Cambridge shot. Obviously, that did not help. I'll put it to you like that. But Arizona, in my opinion, did not deserve to win this game. And I'll tell you a, mo- a bunch of reasons why. First, ASU played very hard throughout. They wanted that game. ASU shot well. Arizona missed free throws. And down the stretch, listen, he's been fantastic for Arizona all season. But Jules Tabellus was a liability out there, right? Tommy, there's no reason that a first-team All-American should be having to sub offense for defense in the last few minutes of a game. And the Tommy Gun basically said that. Yeah, I mean, look,
0: Arizona didn't hit a field goal for like the last four minutes. It's hard to win games like that. And um, ASU played really well. And and maybe uh, the storyline changes, obviously, if Arizona wins. But it's still one of those wins where people are like, eh, we didn't play great. and And for me... You nailed it with Azulis. I thought his offense was fine. You know, we had that sequence where you had the multiple buckets in a row and you're like, all right, this is what they've been missing. And he finished with 17 and nine, which is hard to complain about. But I just hate the fact that you got to take your best player out for offense, defense. Right. Uh, I mean, yep. because the problem that you find in that scenario is if there's no timeout or there's no stoppage, you're basically admitting that you're cool with Azulis not being on the court, which is it's just not something that
1: most teams would admit about their their best player, basically? I don't have a vote, but unlike me, you do have a vote. Um, that would have, that game to me was kind of the point where I decided that I would probably vote for Jaime Hawkes at this point. I know. Um, I thought I'd get a lot of down votes on your board. I actually got 50 up votes. Um, I would go with Jaime Hawkes mainly because, and again, I, body language is hard to really – uh, get into. But when you watch Jaime Hawkins out there, it looks like he wants it every single time out there. No matter what happens, he wants the ball. He's aggressive. He's in there. There's a lot of times with the Jules where it's like, huh, all right, well, you know, whatever. Like when he got the rebound and he fell to the ground and I get that he probably thought he was a tra- foul or travel, but what whatever the case is, you know what you don't do? You just don't pass the ball to ASU for an open three. That This to me was the game kind of where I'm like, all right, I'd probably go Hawkins. Yeah, I would
0: agree. And, I mean, look, Hawkes, like we watched the Colorado game. He missed that three. He mm-hmm. he missed the free throw at the end of the game. That could have cost him. He has his moments as well, but they're not taking him out of the game. I mean, there yeah. you will never see a situation where you question his effort and intensity. Now, I know I have a vote. Right now, I would probably up. I'll give it to Hawkes, you know, mm-hmm. but that could change this week. If Arizona goes out and sweeps LA somehow, which I, th- I would be surprised, but if they go out and do it and a Jules plays pretty well, you know, how do I give it? How do I not give it to a Jules? You know yeah. what I mean? And so no. I, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's by far those two, but I'm still have the chance to, to change my mind this week.
1: All right, zoo. If you're out there listening to the AZ wildcats podcast, which you should be, if you're not, Jason Shears says you still have time to make amends right there. Now, speaking of which, Things that don't need to make an amends that Azulus Tabellis is part of. The Four Peaks. The official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out Tempe or at the Tab and Bottle locations downtown when we have our watch parties. Four Peaks. Great stuff. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. The U of A has Four Peaks as well. The term is taken off, but the beer is already taken off. So give it a shot. Kilt Lifter. Very, very good. As everybody knows, I'm a diehard Kilt Lifter fan right there. And Tap and Bottle. We're going to have a Tap and Bottle party, I believe, this Saturday. We'd love to see you down there. 8 o'clock, Arizona takes on uh, UCLA. Um, would love to be able to uh, make fun of the Bruins while we drink some Four Peaks at Tap and Bottle. Maybe Mountain Mike's will be there as well. But again, love to see you down there. Tap and Bottle downtown and Four Peaks. All right. B-cat, I disagree with this. I know where he's going with this. He says his recruiting continues to falter and a potential move to a better conference was last year, the high water mark for the Wildcats under Lloyd. I say no, because I believe the 2024 is going to be a dynamite class. You already have Jamari Phillips in the bag. Um, that's just a That's just a term right there. Although I guess you can pay players now. So it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> you've already got Jamari Phillips, five-star wing out of California in the bag. And you got Car. I don't want to say that he's – I feel very, very good about Carter Bryant top 15 wing out of California. I think 2024 is going to be the real test to see where Lloyd is, and I think he's going to do very well in it, Sheer.
0: I'm not sure – I mean, I, I guess I kind of know where the storyline of, of Lloyd's recruiting faltering is coming from, but it's really not. Um, you know, let's say Arizona returns the bulk of their team for next season. Well, you're only going to land so many players for 23. Dylan right. Boswell was supposed to be – in 23 five-star kylan boswell right and so all of a sudden you add kylan boswell and kj lewis to that class well it looks a little bit better and they're probably going to land an international player 2024 in my opinion they have a chance to have a top five to ten class i mean let's say they go and they land one of their point guard targets to go with jamari phillips and carter bryant
1: that class is awesome right so i i just yeah i don't i don't think it's a high watermark at all and then you figure it, and then you you also factor in KJ Lewis would be a sophomore by that point. You could still have one of the peaks here, and actually two of the peaks right here in uh, Vasar and uh, Anderson. Heck, you could have three of the peaks. I mean, if they really wanted to exhaust <laughs> their eligibility, so and Kylan Boswell, yeah. things are going to be all right. I'm more than okay with where things at are at. Speaking of which, now we're going to talk about. All right, this is actually funny. TJ Van Marter, you're a fantastic poster. You're much smarter than me, but I'm going to take a little bit of a joke here. It's actually gone the other way around now, where people are joking more about the seventeen-year-olds than people at the time saying that it's seventeen. All of it needs to cease. What do you say?
0: Well, I thought it was a celebration of sorts. That was Kylan Boswell's last home game as a seventeen-year-old. I mean, that's does he come back
1: as an eighteen-year-old? Boy, do you think they'll say that he's still eighteen? Like yeah. next year, it's like, he's only eighteen. Right. I'm gonna get Bruce Pasco, our guy, to ask a question about what it feels like to be 18, even though the season will be over at that point. We'll get it done. 100 percent Before we get to realignment and making fun of some people that deserve to be made fun of, um, let's talk about US USC and UCLA. Um, this to me is Arizona Arizona wins these games. I know you didn't win the conference, but you're right back in the you're right back in it for a number one seed right there. Um the one thing you can't have happen here, you can't get swept because then if you get swept, then you go into the Pac-12 tournament and you're looking at maybe a five, four or five seed. Right now, Arizona's ranked eighth; they're in the third on a uh, third line on most of the bracketology. You sweep here, I think you go into the Pac-12 tournament feeling good about being a three seed.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know. I, I was looking at the, the we have Wildcat Authority bracketology. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, by the and way, there, you got anything there, good going on? Uh, we will. We actually will next week, I believe. All right. All right. Well, we'll, um, we'll break it next week then. <laughs> but um, Arizona right now to me is a two. If you if you want to say they're a three, they'd be the highest three. Mm-hmm. If they split next week on the road, I don't see how they move off that two, two line. I mean, it right. would take the other teams around and being pretty impressive. If they get swept, you know, there's what I noticed is there's such a big gap. From the third line to the four line, right? Like the four line has teams like Iowa State who have lost like five games in a row, like stuff like that. So I think Arizona's kind of locked into a three, but you don't want to mess with it. And so a split, um, you know, obviously I think puts Arizona into the lowest it would be in that regard would be a three,
1: a sweep, and we are talking about a one seed again. All right, now the great Gregory Molina. Greg Molina, great coach, budding superstar here in the Southern Arizona seat. Also backs the A to the fullest. Also, his uh, uh, Facebook or his Twitter profile picture—he looks like a hitman from Narcos. So we're nice to Gregory Molina right here. But he said, if we went out and win the Pac-12 tournament, one seat, yes, without question. Oh, there's a question, but <laughs> but
0: you would have three wins against UCLA. Okay, so that's what I was gonna say. So we're assuming it includes another win over UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three wins, right? And so three wins over UCLA. Yeah, in my opinion, it's it's in line for one seed. If it winds up being like Stanford, Washington State, and and Oregon, no, I mean none of those really move the needle. It Arizona actually like the best case scenario this week for Arizona is UCLA kicks the crap out of ASU, and then Arizona beats UCLA. And then ASU beats. I mean, you know, it, you you're now rooting for the teams that you beat. Like for me, I was wondering who. You know, I posed a question: Who does Arizona want to face in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament? To me, it's Stanford. You mm-hmm. want Stanford because you want to beat them, and so everyone could just say, "Okay, that was a fluke." Right. And so that's that's kind of where
1: you're at at this point of the season. All right. A lot of people. I uh, mean, uh, Andre Veris. We will get to my uh, thought-provoking post on Shears' board here in a minute, but um. Andy Enfield, USC, Thursday. Enfield, to me, you've been wrong on Enfield for a very, very long time. Andy Enfield is a good college basketball coach. Did you say that? Uh, he's good for USC. Is he the greatest coach in USC history? Ooh, think he, could, think he probably, probably is. Right? All he's right. better than Diddy, right? For sure. But, joking, RBS aside, um, RBS aside, USC is fascinating to me because they are always t- they are always tall and they're going to be they're going to have length in this game. You got Vince Iwichukwu, big Vince, love big Vince, and you got Joshua Morgan. Those probably the, that's probably the best shot blocking tandem in the co- or in the conference. And then you got two dudes that can take over a game in uh, Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson. SC to me is a game that Arizona should win, but it's a very losable game. And SC to me is also a team that could win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. What say you?
0: Yeah, I don't think Arizona fans should be overlooking USC. That is absolutely a team that could beat Arizona um, at home. And, and the thing with USC is they're always talented. Like Drew mm-hmm. Peterson, Boogie Ellis is talented. Big Vince, I mean that guy's an NBA player. I love, I love watching that kid play. Right, and you know I'd love to see him play thirty minutes in a game and see what he can do. Not this week, but you know eventually right. Great. that that Next team. Year. Right, and and so the the matchups. USC, like we talked about it last night, if if USC matches up with a certain style of team, it could absolutely win tournament games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would not surprise me at all. And yeah. so it is a like I, when I'm looking at the brackets and all that, we got to cut the top that that USC and ASU are bubble teams, and and I understand they are and all that. But when I'm comparing them to other teams that are on the bubble, you know who we're talking about the Wisconsin's of the world, Michigan. Yeah. Give me USC. Like yesterday, I saw a post that were like Penn State's off the bubble.
1: Why was Penn State even on the bubble? Like, what are we doing? Like, we're like, what are you talking about? This really is. And again, this is easily my biggest pet peeve in all of sports. This Big Ten nonsense is such crap. And I'm sorry, it just is. Wisconsin should not be a bubble team. Michigan at what? 17 and 13 in, uh what because they're 11 and 7 in conference and they always talk about too well you got these great wins against uh um you know uh Maryland and Northwestern. Dude, give me a break with all those teams. I would love to face those teams in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, and I understand Northwestern's a fine team and shoot, they probably because I'm saying this going to face Arizona as a three, but give me Northwestern any day of the week. I'd mm-hmm. rather face it an unathletic team like northwestern who who is a arizona is a terrible matchup for northwestern than a team like usc who has a bunch of athletes the teams that scare me in the postseason for arizona are the team with a
1: bunch of athletes and the big 10 doesn't have teams like that you know i will go on record and say that if, if uh, the conference gets four teams in pac-12 i will say more pac-12 teams advance to the second weekend than all 20 Big Ten teams that get in. I'm going to say it right there. Do you want to co-sign this with me? Can I see the the bracket first? No, no, no. But you just got to stand on principle.
0: Uh, yeah, why not? I'll go. All right, yeah. I,
1: you need someone to stand with you sometimes, Mike. And I'm that guy. All right. Well, Kyle Dodd. After that bet I lost, I need all the help that I can get with yeah. that one. Um. All right. Now let's talk about a little bit of conference realignment. But first, game time. Now you might say to yourself, Mike, what can game? What's game time? Glad you asked. Now, here's what you do. You go on to Game Time. It's the best ticketing app out there. You go on there. You can get tickets to U of A. You can get tickets to the Pac-12 tournament, concerts. I mean, heck, if there was a concert or if there was a ticket to hang out with Jacob Franklin or a steam producer behind the scene, that would be the place. 60 percent off. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. But Game Time. That's where it's at. That many people that said Game Time uh, brought them through some cold winters by getting them into concerts. Check that out. And Mountain Mike's Pizza. Again, I'm not Mountain Mike. But Oracle and Wetmore does have a Mountain Mike's Pizza. Our good friend Ben White, the very buff Ben White, goes there because he likes all the protein that they can throw on the pizza right there. Ben's a big fan of protein. Shear's been to Mountain Mike. His good friend William Brad Alice has been there as well. Everybody likes Mountain Mike's. Check it out. Again, uh, Oracle and Wetmore show notes in a link in the description. All right. So in the last week since we last talked, It seems that, um, well, corner four sources like uh, Ray Anderson have come out and said that they're confident a TV deal will get done, but they can't guarantee it. And he also said that the money would probably be less than they were initially hoping for. You've got Oregon State and Washington State telling John Canzano that, um, uh, you know, Deal looks great. You know who you never really hear from? You never hear from the schools that matter in this entire process, and that's Oregon and Washington. Cheer! at this stage in the game, let's be honest here, nobody in the Pac-12 thought that they were going to be in this situation where they were be- begging for money and saying, man, if we could maybe get 27, we got to call that one a victory. There's no way that even these nincompoops, and I keep Arizona out of this because our guy Bobby Robbins is the man – So is Dave Hickey, but there's no way that these other nincompoops thought that they would be in this situation.
0: So the hot, the hot timeline now is I I read an article in the athletic this morning and the PAC 12 expects it to be done by the PAC 12 tournament. So that's why Kinzano and all them are saying, Oh, PAC 12 tournament two, three weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm sure that's coming from the commish and saying, I'm going to get you a deal on the table by the PAC 12 tournament. That doesn't mean it's going to be accepted. That just means it'll be presented. But the idea of it being more than the big 12, the only possible way that would happen is if you go 100% in with Apple, which is miserable. And I still don't think it would happen. Right. And so now we'll be like, Oh, you know, 28 million of school. Well, 28 million a school is not good. It's Especially not- for less
1: visibility.
0: Right. And, and now it's, you're in a situation where it, it, it's not that the problem was, and we talked about this right when it happened is there was no world were any of these schools were ever making $40 million. And when George Kalyakov said, I can make $40 million, it was asinine. And like you mentioned your pet peeve, can we stop interviewing Washington State and Oregon State? They're not even at the table. Their best case scenario is clearly the Pac-12 staying together. And their best case scenario after that would be teams leave and they still stay in in a weekend conference. Because other than that, they're Mountain West schools. And right. so every time you ask them whether it's true or not, they're going to tell you how strong the conference is and how great everything is and all that because they that's the only option they have. Like you mentioned, if if you get me the Oregon, the Washington, the Arizona ADs
1: on record as saying we're great, we're together, i probably believe it. Right. But that hasn't happened. I thought Ray Anderson's remarks were very fascinating, though, about it was almost like, it was almost like he didn't expect the question to be said or asked. Can you guarantee that uh, a deal will be done? Then all of a sudden, the confidence starts to wane a little bit. No, I can't really go that far. And here's my other thing, too. And again, who knows? Maybe a deal gets done. But why talk about it? Brett Yormark came in there at Big 12 Commission. Um, big fan of Brett Yormark. And he comes in and says, I'm going to do this. And guess what? He did it. He didn't have Texas Tech out there saying we're confident of an ESPN deal, uh, this and that. He just did it. That's what dudes like this do. Whereas Kliakoff just talks about it. By the way, in hindsight, is that not the lamest thing ever when Kliakoff was talking about how we might go poaching uh, 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 Big 12 teams into the Pac-12? No, dude, get out of here with that nonsense. Ray Anderson, I
0: mean, he's got to be the dumbest AD in the conference. Like, why? Like, first of all, he says, We're really confident. And then, literally, 30 seconds later, he goes, But there's no guarantees. I right. can't. I- I'm just hoping. So, shut up. Like, why are you doing this interview? Like, right. there's no point to it. You're not helping your situation or the conference or anyone. The interview sounded horrible for the conference. And I think also what people have to realize is, and I've heard this from a bunch of people. TV deals can happen relatively quick. If the Pac-12 is going with streaming, these are really difficult deals to get done. And Apple is difficult to work with. So if George thinks he's getting a deal with Apple, there's a very legit chance, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a very real chance that this drags out. And even guy like Wilner, who's been much more even keeled in this than Kinzano has said, if this is still around in mid-March, all bets are off.
1: And And, and I would agree with that. I got to give, and I got to give you credit on that one too. When we bash, when I, we bash Canzano now, grand Wilner's in the stay together camp, obviously, but John Wilner, I've never looked at and said, ah, that guy's made that's, he's making that up or anything like that. I think Wilner Wilner's got a point of view and he goes with it. I have no problem with Wilner whatsoever. It's the, but you also don't hear him saying, you know what? My spider t- senses are tingling and I'm saying an August 6th TV deal, then it's a New Year's deal. Then it's after the BC or the bowl or the playoffs. Then it's uh, March madness. Now let me ask you this. If a deal isn't done by the PAC 12 tournament is the new one, the NFL draft deal before the NFL NFL draft.
0: draft, Maybe we don't want to ruin the college baseball world series. We're going to wait a little bit till July, you know, That it's it's just, look, if it's not done by mid March, um, I don't think anyone can sugarcoat it. I, I think we're done with the interviews. We're done with the sugarcoating, and and we're going to see a lot of stuff happen.
1: All right, now let's talk about the NCAA tournament a little bit here. Andre Veris, also the great Andre Veris, he said next year. Here's what I I like: Kylan Boswell at the point. I'd like to get. I'd like him to get a lot of minutes next year. Let me ask you this: um, Is a starting backcourt of Kylan Boswell and Kirk Crease good enough? And tell me it is. If it if it is, obviously tell me. I, I think it is in situations, you know, it's, it's, I, I think Which want means to, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think you'd want a little bit bigger at, at a position at the one or the two, but I mean, it's unique. It would probably make up for some deficiencies that, that Arizona has defensively with Kerr. It allows Kerr to be on and off the ball a little bit more. It's hard to do this year because Courtney Ramey isn't that really isn't a point guard. Colin right. Boswell's clearly more of a point guard. So you could do the two point guard system, which a lot of schools are doing, which is basically whatever guard gets the balls, the one that brings it up, and you just run an offense with two point guards. And, right. and I would trust Tommy for that to work. And 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 you got to be able to trust Tommy Lloyd. If you trust his offensive system and his ability to coach offense, then it would work. I think defensively is is where the concern would be. Right,
1: for sure. And then at that small forward, I you know it's 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 odd to say this, but our guy said Henderson has been a. A godsend, to be honest with you. Said Henderson is playing his best ball of the season. This offseason, I think you got to look at two different avenues right uh right there. By the way, Gregory Molina, I'm not gonna say you're crazy because of your profile picture, but <laughs> I would like I would like to start Boswell next year. Um what do you what what, what do you say, Sheer? Do you go with Gregory Molina or you go with Mike Luke? I mean, if if he is coming
0: off the bench, it's gonna be for 25 minutes. And it right. would be like a Pillow Larson deal it's where a- he's coming off
1: the bench, but we all know he's a starter. Speaking of which, Pella Larson, let's say he's the best player on the team next year. You still bring him off the bench? If, it, if mentally
0: it works. I mean, if he's not a good starter, you bring him off the bench, and he's the best six-man in the country again.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's wild to even think about it, but it's it's all mental with him. Whatever whatever works best for Pella, we like the, We like this Pella much, much more. Um, but Arizona this offseason, I think you've got to get two things. You've got to get another Cedric Henderson type right here. Um, A guy that can probably spot start or be a very valuable rotation guy, nine points, four rebounds, three assists. But I think you've got to get a, a Courtney Ramey on steroids, for lack of a better term, a bigger version of him who's athletic, who can get to the hoop, who can do a lot of different things. They need athletic playmakers with the ball next year. And I think that's going to be a real task for Tommy Lloyd to find somebody like that.
0: Well, remember, like, and, and this is in no way, shape, or form a shot at Courtney Ramey. I, I think he's been really good this season. But Arizona also wanted Sully Boone. And that's the type of guard yeah. that I think would, like, next season, that's the type of guard he want. Can right. create his shot, can score from anywhere, defends well, can handle the ball. That's the type of player um, that would help Arizona immensely. Now, that's not easy to do in the transfer portal. And you got to offer him a, a starting spot and, and a lot of minutes. And maybe – you know, it's going to be difficult to do. But I think that's the type of player that you want if you're Arizona.
1: All right. Now, before we move on to a little bit of football, um, recruiting wise, is there any other names right now? Because I know this is a lot different than Sean Miller, where you had about 10, 11 names to keep an eye on. Um, Is there anybody to keep an eye on now that uh, Terry Darlin will go to the, uh, uh, will be playing in the G League?
0: Uh, All I'll say is this, Arizona has pinpointed a few international guys. I don't think there's anyone for 2023 in the States um, unless something shakes up with coaching changes and all that. But there are guys, I'm not at liberty to say yet, that Arizona is very well aware of overseas and can make a move um, if they find necessary. Part of this is also who leaves. For all we know, all these dudes are coming back and 2023 is almost done. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think Arizona probably adds at least one more player.
1: But a lot of that depends on on who's returning. All right, you're allowed because again, I did not tell you that I was going to ask you this, so you're allowed to uh, hop out of this prediction as soon as you get off, even if you don't. Uh, that sounded terrible. But um, as soon as uh, <laughs> as soon as this is over, I'm going to say I'm going to say some names and tell me if they're back next year. Oh God! Well, we'll start easy. Umar Bala. Yes. He's to belts.
0: I'm going to surprise you. Yes, I think he comes back. Now, I, I know that as of a week ago, he was undecided. And that is a legit undecided. It's not BS. He's undecided like Ben Mathurin was undecided. Right. But truth is undecided as of now. Okay. Kirk Reeson. Yes. Hello, Larson. Come, right now, I'm going to tell you, I think they all come back.
1: Well, there you go. Then That's a preseason top five team. And our f- good friend, uh, I got to go back up there and find his name again. Uh, Arizona, though,
0: that's me on February 27th saying that. B-cat? If Arizona, if Arizona makes a run, I think things change. If you know, if Julius gets hot, I think things change. Like This is a very, very fluid thing. But I just haven't heard of any guy
1: that's gone. All right, B-Cat, that's for you. Andre Vera says, what about Adama ball? My guy. That one's iffy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's going
0: to want it. And especially if guys come back, that, that one could be tough. I don't like to predict guys transferring for any sport, you know, can you, know pr- you can
1: predict a red shirt.
0: Yeah. I mean, shoot in an ideal world. Yeah. And and a ball has a decision to make. Does he want to spend another year in the program and, and trust Tommy? Cause Tommy's not going to kick him out. It's not right. Tommy style. So is he going to stay and develop or, Does he want to go somewhere else where he doesn't necessarily know anyone or the coaching staff? Because remember, the only two coaching staffs he knew coming overseas was Arizona and Colorado. Those were the only two colleges that really recruited him seriously.
1: All right. Now, we're going to switch over to a little bit of Pac-12 football right here. A little Arizona football. I believe, and my again, I don't get a vote. Sheer does. I think Arizona is going to be the third best team in the Pac-12 South next year. I think ASU is trash. Um, I think that uh, Colorado is going to take a little bit of time. I, I like Tyre, I think, but year two, I think, is where they strike or they get much better. And then, as my pen fell, and I like, uh, I think UCLA takes a big step back. I think DTR was very underrated to what they wanted to do right there. You got new guys coming in. I think Arizona, with almost your entire offense back and a defense that can't be any worse, um, I think Arizona is going to be third in the South. I said it there. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, on paper, why not? Like you
0: mentioned, you know, everyone's all over Dion, and, and obviously he's going to recruit well, but that's not a program you just the next day make it to a nine-win team. It, right. it gets a lot deeper than that. UCLA, you know, Dante Moore is awesome. He's still a freshman quarterback, and, and it and is not easy to do in that system. Um, you know, in, in ASU, they brought in 46 transfers for a reason. And, and, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of those guys aren't going to work out. Some will. But when you look on paper, Arizona, like you said, pretty much returns its entire offense. I realize Singer left. I think Arizona will be fine there. And defensively, they brought in guys that on paper, Flo, Humuli, Leviticus, Sua, Bill Norton, etc. Those guys on paper are upgrades. And and if if they pan out, Arizona is going to be better defensively. And if they're better defensively, why aren't they a seven or eight win team?
1: I have mixed opinions about adding Gary Bryant Jr. Well, I guess I don't because I would add him. But I'm a big fan I, of what What's that? I know what you're saying, you're going to say though. I'm a big fan man of what you got with Kevin Green back there with AJ Jones with the kids coming in. I mean, I, there's a lot there's a lot of depth in that receiving core and I'd like to see those guys start to get some run. I thought very um I thought unfortunately I thought one of the few things i thought fish did wrong last year was just playing three receivers i would have liked to have seen him play a little bit more i think that led to some injuries but he's got a this is a loaded receiving core jason so even if we don't get gary bryant arizona is more than okay at that spot i think with the the belief is that gary bryant would be better on the
0: outside than kevin green and they right. like kevin green but what they view kevin green as is Jacob Cowing is the slot. He's got one more year here. When he leaves, that's Kevin Green's spot. If, if right. Kevin Green is patient enough, I do agree with you. I would have liked to see more depth, more rotation at wide receiver. But the problem is who are you taking off the field? T Mac right. Cowing and Finger's ridiculous. And, right. and and so I mean, maybe now if you don't get Bryant, but they're probably going to get Bryant, I, I would think maybe you see more rotation there because I like Gary Bryant, but he's not a Dorian Singer, Jacob, you know what I mean? He's yeah, not, for sure. maybe he is, I don't know. We'll see, but I, I do agree with you. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more rotation at
1: the wide receiver spot. And if Arizona didn't land Gary Bryan, I don't think it would be the end of the world. I would also like to see, I'm very curious about the tight end spot. It's weird talking about Tanner McLaughlin, another uh, big kudos to them for uh, finding Tanner McLaughlin. But um, Tanner McLaughlin bypassing the NFL for another year, as uh, Jet Fish talked about. But then Kean Burnett, He's a guy that I think is going to be very, very interesting to see because you got to remember four star kid um, didn't even have a position coach in high school. So again, you're kind of learning on the fly right there. He's got a full year. He'll have a full year and a half at Arizona by the time he comes back. He's a guy that I think some people have forgotten about that I could see really making the big, uh, big leap come, uh, come spring and fall. Yeah. I mean, he's super talented. And, and one of the bigger things was he was a little skinny
0: coming on campus and, and, you have Tanner McLaughlin, who was surprised all of this. Um, I think Burnett's ready for a big jump. I, I really do. I, You know, when we watch spring ball and ball practice and all that, they they really tried to make him a red zone threat. I mean, they were they were running him in a bunch of different sets, and it just didn't work out that way. But I, I expect him to have an expanded role. And I'm going to throw one more at you. Uh, the offseason reviews, and I don't know if it will happen this year because of Tanner and Burnett, but the offseason reviews of Tyler Powell.
1: My guy I mean, out of Phoenix.
0: Have been really good. And, and I was told by a coach yesterday, it may not happen
1: this year, but watch how good this kid is by the time he leaves campus. And that's the epitome of the Jed Fish recruit right there. You get a guy who's six foot seven, big upside. Maybe he doesn't pan out, but if he doesn't pan out, it's not going to be because he wasn't big or he lacked the ability right there. That's what I love about Fish. If he's going to miss, he's going to miss big. Good Tyler Powell, definitely that example. Now, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, here's the deal. You throw down $5 on an NBA game, you can get up to $200 in free plays. Give you an idea right here. Jason Shearer mocked me yesterday, when I, or mocked me last week when I said, I think the Lakers are going to take off. They are going to take off. I'm not even a Lakers fan. And Shearer messaged me yesterday and said, oh, how about that Lakers pick when they were down 80 points to the Mavericks? Lo and behold, the Lakers came back to win. If you had been like me and you had stayed resolute with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you could have gotten – Two hundred dollars, right there. Again, twenty-one and up, Arizona only. New customers, gambling problem? Call one eight hundred. Next step, and Phoenix Diehards. We had Saul Bookman on talking about it. All kinds of good stuff there. You get uh, you get great merchandise. You get uh, you get great uh, ticket setups. You also get great writing from some of the best people in the business. Che- Again, check out the show notes and the link in the description. But Phoenix Diehards, right there. All right, so. Sheer, before we sign off, though, back to Arizona basketball just for a second. Um, I will say that uh, right now, I'm cool with where Arizona's at. If you were to tell me before the year Arizona was going to be in this position, I would have taken it every single day of the week. Am I an idiot or am I actually right on this?
0: No, I agree. If you were to tell me before the season, look, Arizona's going to be seeded three in the tournament, I'd be, okay, cool. I'm going to be cool with that. I think someone actually, I don't remember who who said it, but someone online said it very well. They said that. Arizona's performance early in the season created unrealistic expectations for the rest of the season Mm -hmm. because they beat the crap out of everyone. That out of conference is still one of the best runs in the country. Right. And Arizona by winning all those games had people thinking that maybe they were something that they're not necessarily. And Arizona was picked to finish second in the conference and may
1: still finish second in the conference. You know, you might be onto something. Let me ask you this for future scheduling purposes. Here's what you do. You schedule every crappy Big Ten team, which is all of them, you can at a conference. I'm doing home and homes with Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, all of those crummy teams, because even if you lose, you'll consider that uh, you'll consider cannibal. It'll be considered cannibalizing yourself right there.
0: Yeah, and and look, it's just it's you know, Gonzaga does something similar. Like Michigan State, we'll go and we'll beat them, and everyone will say, you know, Michigan State's an eight seed. Right. The Penn State one kills me. Penn State is 17-12, and 40-10, and its best win is, like, Iowa. And people are like, oh, I guess
1: they're off the bubble now. But why oh. were they ever on the bubble? Speaking of which, you brought up Iowa here. We got – Fran McCaffrey's a gas right. bag. Anybody that – Anybody that didn't see what we're talking about right here, you've got this old white dude who literally <laughs> goes up to the official. you got to check this out. And he just stares at the official from like five feet away for the entire halftime. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, the mad- way, that ref screwed up. And I know he was trying to show composure and all that.
0: Uh, even at the NBA level, that's a tech. It's an intimidation tech. Right. And didn't
1: seem an up. And who do you think you are, right there? Like again, he looked like he thought he was John Gotti or something. like, yeah, You going to fight me? Like what are you going to do? What are you going to do, bro? Um, oh, and one other thing too. And again, I know you've had a love-hate relationship with uh, uh, with Greg Byrne or not Greg Byrne, excuse me, uh, uh, Dave Hickey. But the the fences have been mended. Let's we got to give Dave Hickey a little bit of a shout out right here, considering what's going on in Alabama right now and how Dave's cleaned every Dave's cleaned up a lot of this mess. Anybody, I don't even need to tell you what's going on in Alabama right now. I am just glad that I don't have to put up with that nonsense anymore. Say what you want about Dave and his hires. Sheer, you got to give him uh, kudos, though, for cleaning all this up and we're able to focus on the on court, on field stuff, as opposed to the burn era where it was all off the field stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, we always talk about patterns. And and when we were here, I said, look, Greg couldn't have controlled everything. But then you go to Alabama and it's the way you handle stuff. The kid didn't miss a, a minute. Of practice. And so, yeah, I mean, we haven't had any of those issues with Dave and and you got to credit him. It, it's nice. It, knock on wood. It's nice to be able to talk about Arizona athletics,
1: actually the athletic part of it. He's Jason Shear. I am Mike Luke. All of you guys out there. Great contributions. Again, Rudy Bastios out there. Um, happy almost birthday, my guy. I am going to return your cold prickly right there with a warm fuzzy and say I wish you nothing nothing but the best. You will be hearing from me soon. Um, but again, everybody out there, uh, thank you a ton. Great comments. Greg Molina, we need more of you, not less of you. Uh, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes, all six foot eight of them. Thank you. Sheer. by the way, so you got some deals going on next week. Where can they find you?
0: wildcatauthority.com, and then on Twitter at Jason
1: Shear. We're going to get it going next week. He's Jason Shear. I'm Mike Luke. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.